Welcome everyone to episode 77 of the Circle Back Podcast, the show where three great friends get together and just talk about video games. I'm Dan Lamarca. As always, I am joined by Shelby White. Hey, how we doing? I'm back. And no Dan Dufrenoy. Dan, unfortunately, is sick, so get better, buddy. We feel bad for you. He was very excited for this episode, as he always is, and uh, we miss you. Uh, but it's good to have you on, Shelb. It's been a little while. I know, I know, since game of the year. I know. Um, I have been playing a ton of games. I know you have been pretty busy, so you haven't gotten around to much. Um, but let's talk about the game that you've been playing first. All right. What, what you've been up to. So what I kind of did at the end, January is always my lull. It's like I, I'm either finishing up games that mm-hmm. I was rushing to play at the end of twenty or end of the previous year mm-hmm. or I'm just playing something completely different or old and uh but I I didn't pick it up until January and I wish I picked it up earlier but I started playing Pokemon Shield. Mm-hmm. Um I know came out last year everybody was playing it. I know you said you uh, breezed through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um it's fun. It's you know it's a like good it, one. I'm having just as much fun as I did when I played uh Let's Go Eevee, you know or yep. uh yep. yeah, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. So, um, I mean, it's it's a pretty easy game, you know. Yes, it is very easy to level up, especially since all your it's Pokemon. The shared games. XP, yeah, the yeah. shared XP thing really helps go through it. But it's it's I like the open wild area stuff, you know, all that stuff that they talked about, and they were like, oh, this is new, and people got excited about. It's fun. You know? Yeah, I. It, my thing with that game, I mean, how, did you put in a bunch of hours? Are you like? Um, I think I'm about halfway through. I think, through the gyms. Yeah, I think I'm about halfway through the gyms. Okay. Because the way, the the one complaint I have about that game is that it is a little too easy, and I I wouldn't change. I wouldn't necessarily change the fact that uh, they do the shared XP. I think that's an awesome idea because you know when at the end of the game you catch a new Pokemon, you want to add them to your roster. It sucks being doing that old Pokemon thing. Oh yeah, throwing them in first, pulling them out, then putting in someone else. It's yeah. just tedious. It's unnecessary. But I know my Magikarp is already uh, Gyarados, you know, like yeah. and I didn't even have to use him because he's beautiful. <laughs> uh, but that's really cool. I think they should have just added. You know what it is, Shelb? I'm playing Temtem, right, 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 and it's just so much more challenging and interesting the battles that it makes me look back. Like I loved Pokemon Sword when I played it, but I. I look back on it, and I'm like, I think I know why it's just kind of like a breezy, you know, hey, this is a fun, but, you know, no real yeah. friction type of experience. And I know a lot of people play competitive Pokemon where they, like, you know, make their teams and then go mm-hmm. online and whatever. And if you're going to do that, like, you know, Pokemon Sword and Shield is great for that. Yeah. But I think for the main game, it, it the reason it wasn't something that I was like, oh, maybe this will be on my top ten, is because it's really, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make you think a lot, you yeah. know. <laughs> and I've been playing more Temtem, and that game just continues to get more interesting. I mean, similarly, they run into some problems that the old Pokemon games had, where it's like, all right, you have to return to this you know the pokemon centers frequently or whatever so like you go out battle some guys you know backtrack to the pokemon center you know refresh i mean they did they added something called the teminescence vial which is basically like a one use estus flask for your whole team 
Okay. And it revives and heals. So, like, say you're down to one Temtem yeah. and you're out of battle, you can just heal everyone once. So, it kind of, like, mitigates that a little bit, but it doesn't quite go far enough. I was hoping that you could, like, upgrade that vial so oh, that you can have, yeah, like, a couple yeah. of uses each time. Um, and then just make, like, areas of play longer between Pokemon yeah, or so, yeah. so-and-so centers. Exactly, of, yeah. Uh, the uh, um, Temporiums, if you will. Okay. Um, but they really, really <laughs> going on that uh, <laughs> suffix there. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the honestly, I've been really loving Temtem. The more and more I play it, like yeah. it just it, it's so smartly done, and I love the way that they communicate with their fans. Like they, they're constantly tweeting out, "All right, patch coming up in an hour." You know, whatever, blah blah. blah. Um, they ironed out a ton of issues that they had at launch. Um, I was able to, I probably have put in about 20 hours into Temtem since, you know, last episode and it's just so cool. Like it's, it's grindy in a way that those old Pokemon games were grindy. Yeah. We're like, all right, I want to get my guys leveled up so I could do this, you know, in this case, dojo battle. Right. Um, but it's just enjoyable and, and the decisions that you're making, um, are so much more varied like the, the guys that you're fighting are not like when you go to you know fight an, an enemy they will have multiple types it's usually in in pokemon games it's like yeah. all right you go to this gym it's all water types so hope yeah, you brought, so easily I hope you brought prepare, grass yeah. <laughs> type and electric because yeah. you'll kill them uh in this one it's like usually they have two or three different so like you're okay. kind of swapping in and out and because it's a 2v2 instead of one-on-one you're sometimes you want two of different types in at the same time to attack each individual temtem but then you're putting one at risk because that one's weak to one of the types that's out there uh it's just it's neat it's It's more strategy to it more strategy to it but it's still that that nice base level that like anyone can get into it's just yeah, I, I think they did an awesome job with this game, and, and I'm super excited. I mean, a lot of people are playing it now, um, but I'm, I'm excited for when they do a wider release to consoles and stuff so that more and more people can play. Right. Um, anything else on Pokemon Shield or... Not much just been enjoying yeah, it any of the new not. any of the new pokemon that you, you've fallen in love with uh, you yet, know what or? that's the biggest thing i'm like struggling because i sit there and i'm like well i the, it used to be 151 pokemon and i would <laughs> i would know what level they were yeah, going to yeah. upgrade at and like yeah. now i'm like what the how do i upgrade this thing yeah. you know like yep. i wind up looking at googling it, it. Yeah, yeah exactly and i'm like so, some of this stuff's ridiculous uh-huh. i mean it's like you got to do it and they have to be friendly with you at night <laughs> and know. it's like what I is know. this absurdity it's nuts um but it, there's just so many Pokemon. Some of them are cool. I mean, mm-hmm. the starters are, are basic. Yeah, you know? they're fine. Um, they're fine. And then uh, I like that they, they still add in your regular Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, well, not regular. The original 50, uh, 151, mm-hmm. I guess. So, yeah, it's fun. Um, it's good. Enjoy yeah. figuring out what each new Pokemon And also does, they're you know? going to put out that they've announced that they're adding 200 more really yeah not not brand new ones like older ones that aren't in the game now from like the Uh, previous yeah including a bunch of legendaries with like you know galarian or yeah galarian they're called right i believe so yeah i do have one of the um 
I guess when they they recently did like a poke or a Nintendo event, and they announced like the Pokemon two like expansions. That's when they announced the yeah the, they're adding in with the expansions. Gotcha. Was, yeah. So I actually didn't know that when they did the expansion. If I was playing the game at the same time, and you can go in, and all of a sudden one of the guys says, "Hey, why don't you go check out this uh, train station over here?" And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I went there, and it was like a a slowpoke with yellow all over them. Oh, yeah? But it was like a slowpoke from the new expansion, but they basically gave it to you. You, like, go in there, and they're like, really? oh, this slowpoke's in the train station. You just throw a poke ball at it and catch it. And uh, I was like, oh, all right. You know, like, it was the... I actually um, love that. I had no idea about um, that. I want to cool. say, what is it? The glaring um, slowpoke. Slow and uh, I was like, all right, whatever. I got this slowpoke now. And I guess that was kind of your introduction to when this expansion yeah. comes out. Go to the Very train cool. I like that. So that was cool. Awesome. Other than that, yeah. I, I find it funny with some of the things like um, I didn't realize because I had other than red, blue, and yellow, yeah, I had never played any of the other Pokemon games right. um, in that series. So like when I come across, I came across the Galarian Meowth, and I was like, it didn't say Galarian, it just said Meowth, and I was and like, he's got the big beard. Yeah, I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> this isn't Meowth. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Other than that, yeah, it's fun. Again, yeah, it's, it's just a good time. It's, it's, a it's good, something to pick it's up. It's a and, really yeah. good fun game that. that and and I, like I said, I really like the changes that they made in Eevee, and they are yeah. still doing it where you can see them in the wild. Yep, it's really nice. I like Very that a nice. lot. And because and that's you, one yeah. thing about Temtem, it's still all random encounters, so it's you know a little. Yeah. It, I mean, Temtem goes for the old school Pokemon way rather than the new style, which you know there's a there's a fan base for that, so I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, and I love what Temtem's doing. It's just the little things here and there where I'm like. Mm. I wish they would they, they would check it out. Yeah. yeah. But you know. It's like it's clearly they took their inspiration oh, yeah. off that and it's oh, just yeah. like they they were nitpicking what they liked, what yes, they didn't like. Exactly. Oh, there'll be a perfect combination sometime. I'm sure. Um The other games I'm playing, so actually Temtem's an early access game too. Right. But I was actually looking at the games that I played that have come out this year and every single one of them is early access except for Kentucky Route Zero Act five. Okay. So I'll talk about Kentucky Route Zero quick. I can't say much about Act 5 without spoiling some things. Right. Um, I will say it is one of the, as a complete package, it's one of like my favorite gaming experiences of the last like 10 years. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, I've... I played. I have a weird history of Kentucky Route Zero. When it when it first came out, Act One, I played it in 2014 or 13 or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Played it, and then like was like, okay, I want to wait until it all comes out. Waited, 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 and then I think it was actually January of last year. I remember we talked about it on the podcast. I had I jumped back in and I played Act One again, then two three and i didn't play four i stopped at three okay and i was like okay i love this this is amazing act five should be coming out soon and that was the beginning of last year so i wanted to wait on act four so it was like fresh in my mind is it like an every year is it an annual so the way they've launched actually it's it's kind of bizarre it it was like act one and act two and act three they all came out in like three years and then act four was like two year break Okay. From four to five, four came out in 2016. So, so it's a been a long year, yeah. wait. Yeah, it's been a f- three, four, a four year, year, year yeah. wait. Um, 
But the conclusion to this game is just incredible. If anyone doesn't know what it is, the high-level pitch that I will give is it's like a point-and-click-esque adventure game, but it's a mostly text. It's most. It, it's kind of... So it's a magical realist story if you know, like, uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez or a little bit of a Lynchian, but truly like magical realism where it's like bizarre things are happening in the world around you, but you are just experiencing a, a normal story as if everything is normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of magical realism in a nutshell. And And when it's done properly, it's used to convey themes and messages about its world in the magical moments that are happening around you. It's almost like a visualization of the metaphor right so like that that's that's kind of what these are and like uh 100 years of solitude by marquez is like one of my favorite books ever mm-hmm. and this so clearly cardboard computer the company that made this game is also in love with that like one of the main characters is named shannon marquez and it's like that's kind of like the most overt they get into their like references, but it's it's it really does show like what they're going for, right? Right. And so I'll get back to saying the high level pitch of this game is it's about what like capitalism when when capitalism fails and like industrialization fails, like what's left behind is like its own wasteland kind of. So it's like you're going, you're grappling with the consequences of um, what giant corporations can move into a town, make it a big mining town or like a factory town. Everyone works at the mill in the town. And then when that corporation decides it's not profitable and they leave, what happens? Like who, who, what happens to these people? This is their life. They don't know what to do, and then it's this big hulking infrastructure with just abandoned. And it's like I, I feel like we don't get a lot of that in games. Actually, we probably get none of that in games. Yeah. This is almost—I kind of would describe this game as a like interactive novel, really. Like the visualizations of what you're seeing uh, are beautiful, but it's 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 that it's the visuals paired with the text that you're actually reading like it's almost like this is like like you know one of the best novels i've ever read you know what i mean in a game framing uh and the thing that it does that i think is interesting is it allows you and and depending on what epi- what act you're playing it kind of waxes and wanes on this front but it will let you choose what like who says what so like you 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 Start is just this man Conway who like you know is an antique dri- antique truck driver that is trying to make a delivery, um, and you slowly like start picking up like a uh, like a band of other people mm-hmm. and you get like kind of a crew together, and you're not deciding like dialogue choices in the way of like a telltale type of game. You're more of like it, it might give you the option of like. Shannon says this and Ezra says this and Conway says this, which one do you choose? Like you're kind of like, uh, working along the dialogue. You're kind of like the director. You're kind of like, who do I want? Like, who do I want this scene to focus on? 
Okay. And the narrative just kind of flows with it. And it's not changing like the ending, but it's totally framing your experience as you're going and changing the story as it's written. So it's not like, like a lot of games are like, you know, think about Mass Effect where it's like your, your decisions will matter or like a Telltale game. Your decisions will matter and you'll get a different ending based on what you said. The, the Cardboard Computer is not interested in that at all. Yeah. They're interested in saying like our narrative is not is like fluid. This. Yeah. Is and there not one main character? Like even though you technically play this guy exactly. Shannon, so there's not, yeah, yeah. So it's there's Shannon and Conway and Ezra and, yeah. and, and you know, uh Junebug. There's just all these different people that are along for this ride and you're kind of just you're kind of writing the experience with them. Right. It's it's like a collaboration between the company that made the game and you making these decisions of how you want these scenes to flow. You know, I, I think director is like the best way to describe it because right. it's like... Well, it sounds like it, yeah. But it's just such a unique experience. And for it to be this well-written and like well-orchestrated, I mean, everything, the music, the visuals the writing like everything is just perfect like super well done uh and i just am really really happy with it as a finished product um it it released on january 28th in its final form where it's called kentucky Route zero tv edition it's on switch as one package okay um all five acts all five acts uh i think it's 20 bucks or 25 bucks something like that but it's it's a whole the whole game uh, and all the interludes. So the way that they did it was they would release they released Act One, and then a few months later they put out Interlude One, and it's like a little mini story. They're basically their own acts because yeah. some of them are like incredibly, you know. I, I don't want to. I'm going to spoil one of them just because they're, I want to give you the idea that they're not all uh, gameplay experiences per se. One of them is literally like a phone number that you call on your phone. And you can like button through this pre-recorded thing that like is like a travel guide to what's going to be the main area of Act Four. So before Act Four comes out, you're on the phone hitting different prompts to be like uh, local wildlife, and then it's a guy talking and like you know it's just like your actual phone. Yes, yes. yeah, that's pretty it's, cool. But that's kind of like there. This game is so interested in blending like personal experience and stories with like your gameplay experience All right so like it's just such a special thing and i think more people should play it because it really really is fantastic it's like the create your own story goosebumps books but the modernized better version yeah but it. it's like <laughs> but imagine if those were like you know a great yeah, <laughs> literature yeah. you know what i'm saying like that's and they're just so, it's so sharp in in what it's saying without trying to beat you over the head with anything. You know, it's 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 just incredibly well done and, and I'm super happy with the way it's turned out. Um, so please check it out if you, if you haven't and make sure you play all those interludes in between. Yeah. Um, Are those included in that TV yeah. edition package? Cool. When they first came, when they were putting them out act by act, uh, you had to download like separate executables for the interludes. Okay. In the TV edition, it's all all in game, and you just choose Act One, Interlude One, Act Two, Interlude Two. But it lets you. It's like a spinning wheel. Is the 
like uh main menu main menu so it'll let you go act one to act two and skip the interlude so make sure you play those in in order because they're really really great um but yeah that's that's all i'll say about that i can't i can't talk specifics about act five it's fantastic it's totally unexpected uh, and just brilliant like i i absolutely love it um Ah, good to know it's i really want everyone to play it it's (laughs) so so good uh, the only other disclaimer I'll say is Act 1, I love Act 1. It's a little bit slower mm-hmm. than the rest. I mean, it's a slow game in general. It's yeah. like a a lot of text to read. It's it, it wants to wash over you, and it's like themes of what it's going for. So you need to be in for that if, if, you're, if this is going to be your thing. Uh, but Act 1 in particular, I think, is a little bit slow. So if you get through Act 1 and you're like, it's cool, but I don't know if I love it, Play Act Two, and then if you want to jump off, you know, jump off. It's like but a pilot episode of a new TV series. Yeah, just, yeah. pilot episode. It's a rough one, <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I, uh, it's it's just a really really special thing. Nice. Um, so Very I had mentioned cool. before that Kentucky Route Zero Act Five is the only game that has come out this year, not in early access that I've played. Right. Uh, because the other three games that I'm going to talk about in addition to Temtem being early access, are all early access games. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really fucking good, all three of them. Uh, and then Temtem makes four. Like, it's it's pretty incredible start to the year for early access. Yeah. Um, first one I'll talk about is Legends of Runeterra. This is the card game, like a customizable card, by uh, League of Legends Riot. So it's a League of Legends card game Okay. Um, that Riot made. And I don't play league of legends i've talked on here a lot about how i played dota a lot right. um but legends of runeterra is like a fantastic card game in the style of like a hearthstone a magic a okay. you know those types of games um artifact if you will uh but legend of runeterra is interesting because it came out in early access and it's obviously made by riot who has a shitload of money is very very slick in its presentation so like they do a thing where your champions cards can level up and whenever they level like there are specific conditions in the game that cause them to level up so like the spider queen if there are three other spiders on your board she levels up and the level up animations where it like pops out and like shows the card transforming and doing all this stuff like it's very cool very slick um and that kind of stuff actually goes a really long way with these card games because you're you're seeing this stuff a lot, so it better be it better be nice looking. <laughs> like Magic the Gathering Arena is like one of my favorite. It's my I mean Magic the Gathering is the best card game for my money, but it is a little more bare bones because they don't have the budget of like a Riot to do this sort of thing. Um, but Runeterra does some interesting things that are not uh exactly to to separate itself from these other games uh which you have to do obviously you can't just you know copy and paste and and think that you're gonna get away with that um but i do like a lot of things that are going for i told you about the leveling up of the champions um they do a lot of good tutorialization in the beginning of this game so like if you haven't played one of these uh you know one-on-one card games uh, this might be a good jumping on point because they do a lot of good tutorializing and then they give you like two or three, 
you know, fully completed decks that you can use online to, to play other people, you know, if you're not comfortable with building your own decks. Um, and it's just a really good one of those, you know, like I don't have too much to say about it specifically. Yeah. Um, I probably put in like five hours and, and just really enjoyed my time with it. Um, so if you're, if you like card games or if you like League of Legends, you know, try to check this one out. Um, I think, I think it's a really good one of these. Speaking of card games, I just saw recently that uh, a speedrunner finished Slay the Spire in five minutes. Really? Yeah. How? Five minute speed run. <laughs> How is that possible? It, I watched like the first half of it. It was, it was almost like he knew what was happening before it even happened. Like it was crazy. That's insane. Absolutely crazy. That's insane. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. Speaking I, of a good card game from I last did, year. Yeah. I did play a little bit more of um, Slate Aspire, the new character. Oh yeah. Oh, it's really really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that new character. I know. I got um, it on Switch and like I said I've been mobile gaming yeah, lately yeah. uh with a lot of traveling so I'll definitely yeah. jump back into oh, it. Man, it's so good. Um next one I have on the list for the early access games that I've been playing is Scourgebringer. Scourgebringer. Okay. Um this is a game that kind of I mean, you know, a lot of these games came out of nowhere. The early access games launching um this game is a roguelike, but it's a 2D uh, like platforming centric. It, it's almost like a Celeste. Okay. If Celeste had combat. Okay. And it was roguelike, so you you know you have your roguelike map where it's room branch room branch mm-hmm. room branch. You know it's like a series of tiles interconnected, um, and you go from room to room and you have a double jump and a dash attack uh, that you can use for mobility. And it's basically, you get into a room, clear that room, and then randomly you might get like an upgrade or a weapon drop or something like that. Uh, your X button is just a regular slash. You can kind of like mash it out to, to continue to hit enemies. And as long as you're in the, if you jump up in the air and slash an enemy, you'll stay in the air, like hovering near okay, them and just right. slash, 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 slash. Um, and then your Y button is a like stun attack and you can use that to interrupt enemies moves. So it'd be like someone charging up and you'll see like a little exclamation point above their head. If you stun them, they won't get that attack out and then you can start slashing. So you're kind of like bouncing around. It's the mobility feels great. It, like Celeste is a good comparison in the like feel of the game. Uh-huh. Like you move around in a really smooth way. You do a lot of jumping, dashing, um, and then you also have you can either use the right stick or uh, the right trigger, I think, uh, to shoot a gun. And the gun powers up by you killing enemies. So like once you kill a certain amount, all right, now you have a certain number of uses of the gun. Um, and it, it just all feels really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the graph the pixel art is amazing, like beautiful. Uh, and then they have a thing where, because the rogue, like whenever you die, you go back to this, like, you know, tree of life or whatever, and you can spend points that you gain by beating bosses or mini bosses to upgrade like permanent upgrades, like rogue legacy style. Um, so it's like. Oh, a permanent plus one to your HP. Uh, you know, here's a thing that allows you to fast travel from your mini map or whatever. And it's like, it just plays really, really well. And I like the way it looks. The rogue aspects of it, 
I haven't played enough to dive into. I probably played about an hour of this game. It just it just came out on uh, not Game Pass for Xbox, Game Pass for PC. Okay, it's free on. Uh, so I was jumping in there, um, and I really like it. I need to see if it's something that's gonna like stay with me, and that, that's gonna come down to like what the rogue like elements are. And like how much changes when you beat the boss? Do you go to a new area? How does that work? You know, I haven't really gotten to that point yet. Okay. But Scourgebringer, I think it's really, really cool. It's got like a like a hyperlight drifter esque uh, intro cinematics where it's like setting up the world. You know, this big uh, obelisk comes down from the sky and like kills a bunch of people, and you're like literally going into the obelisk and trying to climb up to the top. All right. Um, so, pretty neat game. Uh, I really like what I've played so far. I haven't played enough to really say for sure what I think. Uh, but that's Scourgebringer. Like I said, it's free on Xbox Game Pass for PC. And it is on PC. Otherwise, it might be on Steam. I'm not sure. But it is it is early access. Okay. Um, last one is maybe my favorite of the bunch of the new early access games. It's also by far like the weirdest. Uh, it's called <laughs> Not For Broadcast. Okay. It is a game where you are... Picture yourself, first person view, sitting in a computer chair at a switchboard for a news program and you are pressing buttons on your keyboard as if it's like a switchboard to do various things so the example that i'll start with is you have four monitors that are different camera shots then you have one main feed and then you have one live feed that's you know three seconds delayed or whatever so you are putting this is in it takes place in the 80s in in britain okay so you're taking out vhs tapes putting them into uh vhs players that have like advertisements on them all right so like you might have a a a single shot of a anchor you know staring straight into the camera talking you know saying his thing you switch the camera one he starts talking then it fades to like an intro and then there's a countdown at the top of when you need to play the ad and you go over, click the button for the ad, it starts playing. And then you, you know, you, you let the ad play and then when it comes back, or it might be someone interviewing. So now you're getting scored. There's a little meter at the top. It, it's not a score. It's your audience's like uh, interest. Like so, a retention rate. on Yeah, the- <laughs> it kind of is. And it's a, it's a green up arrow and a red down arrow. And the bar has like green, yellow, and red going from, you know, left to right. And as the bar, as the interest goes up, you'll get more green bars. If it starts going down, you'll go into the yellow and then eventually the red. And that's based on timing with... So here's what's the- interesting about it. You're, you're doing, you're actually, say, say it's a one-on-one interview. Mm-hmm. You are switching between who's talking and a wide shot of both. Okay. So if someone's talking for more than 10 seconds, you shouldn't linger on that person alone for more than 10 seconds. So instead of switching to the person that's just sitting there nodding their head, you put it in a wide shot for a few seconds. Right. And then you go back on that person. And then if they're going back and forth, you're switching between a close-up of one, a close-up of the other. And this all sound may not sound interesting. It's really, really fun to do. Um, and then they start throwing in things like, 
uh, space bar is to censor if someone curses, but it's a three second delay. So you got to listen for the curse, wait, one, two, three, hold the space bar, bleep it out, let it go. Um, you also get, end up choosing um, like still photos, still frames of uh, people. And I'll, I'll get into what makes the game really interesting in a minute, but it's like, I just want to give you the setup of like how the game is controlled, what you're doing. Um, where it gets interesting is it's all very snarky British humor where like, it's my favorite. It's really, really good. Actually. I like <laughs> it a lot. It, the whole crux of the game is it's a political party wins the very first scene that you're doing is this political party that's redistributing the wealth wins like it starts with them winning okay and they won the election and you go to them live you know it's these two people one is like a former tv star um and one is uh i forget what she's done if she's just a politician or whatever but they paired up and you are like basically they're saying we are going to take from the rich you know however much until and then they're literally sending out checks to everyone else with their money <laughs> like they're literally taking their money and they're saying first we're starting by taking your passports because if you're rich you're not fleeing the country on us we're coming around we're taking all your passports then we're seizing your assets while you're here you know, you'll have enough to live just like everyone else, but your money is now everyone else's money. <laughs> and what's interesting is the game, as you play these different scenes, so you're editing the news, multiple things happen that are interesting. The first is you are changing the narrative depending on what you do. So these still frames I, I mentioned briefly before. So an example is like, this new CEO, you know, this new young hotshot CEO was just hired at this company and she's famous for this toy, whatever. And you're choosing between her in like a cap and gown, like graduating photo or her like rolling dice on like a, a casino board. <laughs> and what you're doing is you're actually changing the narrative of what's going on. So if you do the, the scholar one, whatever. Paint her in a better light than you. So did. not only paint her in a better light, you're actually like changing who she is. Like in the story, you know what I'm saying? So okay. like you're actually saying like you, the anchor will say, because I played this part twice. Yeah. The anchor will say she's known for her great grades and blah, blah, whatever. And she, she was voted like most likely to be CEO, whatever. And then if you do the other thing, she's like, she's known for taking big risks and whatever. Like you're actually changing what's going on. And number one, that's really interesting yeah. in a game like this. Number two, it's it's so like unsettling that like <laughs> your decisions are changing these people's lives and it's obviously trying to say something about the news in general yeah yeah. but it's really it's really like a fake good news simulator yeah, it's really good uh and a thing that i absolutely fucking love so uh, there's a bunch of stuff in this game that i just am head over heels for yeah my favorite one is when you're playing the ads you still have access to those camera feeds so like it'll cut and you can just listen in on the anchor being like, oh, what the fuck was that about? Like going off at, like behind the scenes or 
there there's this actor that's coming in for an interview and you get to see before he gets there like you have the anchor on the main feed yeah but you can look at camera three and four when they're getting ready for the interview and he's like cursing at his agent or whatever like it's it's just so cool like yeah. the way that they are weaving the story in between like the behind the scenes stuff and the stuff that's going on the screen and and it jumps around time a lot so it might be like 50 days later, 180 days later for the third act or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it's just awesome. Like, it's so awesome. And it it's it's so satisfying to play, but it's also just I'm hooked on the narrative. And I just like the cheeky British, you know, like funny, ridiculous <laughs> humor. Is that political venture like the main That's the main thrust of the okay, game, yeah. 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 And you get people on the show to like talk about the political yeah. winning or whatever. And there's this guy that's like, you know, he's kind of like an Alex Jonesy stand-in, but he he like keeps like putting his book on the table and like promoting his book. Like it's just, it's just smart <laughs> and really, really, really neat. I have never played a game like it, and it's really, really good. Something else that I love is you can go back. And look at a number of things after you've done the the full episode. Right. You can watch your cut, which is actually really cool because it's what the audience saw on the TV. Right, right, right. And if you're like, dude, I'm nailing these cuts. Like, it's just so cool to see, like, your full broadcast and your, like, fuck-ups <laughs> where you're, like, cutting to the person that's just, like, looking. <laughs> or you're cutting to behind the scenes. And you're like, oh, shit. And you hit the other button. <laughs> uh, so that's awesome. But also, you can look back on the full four screens and you can just watch one thing. So like if you were focused on one part and you're like, Oh, I want to see what's going on there, but I got to actually do my job and, right, right. and change the, you know, make these cuts. You can go back and rewatch those scenes. Like a character's reaction yes, or something yes. like that. Uh, That's pretty cool. And the other thing is, so something I think they will change. I think they might actually have talked about it on their early access the one thing is when you go back to watch those, you cannot like fast forward or skip around. So oh, okay. sometimes so it's like, all right, I literally got to watch the three minutes of commercial here if I want to see what happens after what I did or whatever. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that's something obvious that I think they're going to change. Um, but other than that, like I'm kind of just in love with the game. In between episodes, you get kind of like a twine game experience of where you, you played firewatch or no um no okay the beginning of the game of firewatch is very much uh shaped like these inter interstitials um where it's text on a screen so you get like a, a an image of like a living room and there's a tv and whatever and then there's text on the screen that like something happens in your life so it's like all right, you're going on vacation with your wife. It's the first time in, in months that you guys have been able to get away from the kids. You're really looking forward to it. Before you leave, you see there's a message on the answering machine. You press play. It's your boss. He says, you have to come in and work overtime today. What do you do? And you make the decision. And then the game plays out and changes based on that kind of stuff. So in between these episodes, you're kind of like changing your character's like thread of what they're doing. Um, and I won't spoil anything else for that because I think it's actually pretty interesting. I, 
it's not the strong suit of the game obviously like really what you're there for is the the you know behind the scenes you know switchboard stuff um but that stuff is an interesting like change up so that you're not just constantly doing the same thing right right uh and i i just i really like this game like it sounds cool it's really really cool um so yeah that game is not for broadcast it's out in early access on steam only at the time at this time um, but it's, it, I also say that the early, the way it's doing early access is interesting. It has the first three episodes finished and they said there'll be 10 in the final version. So I'm assuming as they're patching and rolling it out, they'll put out more episodes, more episodes, more episodes. It's interesting as we get into like what early access is, yeah, how that's changing so much because it's not a... Like, there's no rules to it, right? Like, people are doing it so differently. Yeah. Like, I look at Hades that's doing, like, when when the game first came out in Early Access, it was, like, fully polished, great game, and then they just add stuff, add stuff, add stuff, yeah. add stuff. This is, like, a story-based game. Only the first three episodes are out, and then the rest will roll out later. So I'm kind of like interested. I mean, it's going to vary person to person, like what they can put up with as far as like, you know how I was just talking about Kentucky Route Zero. It's yeah. kind of a similar thing where it's like, maybe you're the type of person that's like, hey, when that, when, when not for broadcast is out fully, yeah. I'll play it. Yeah. But I don't want to play the first three and then wait and then play two more and then wait. And it all depends on who you are. I mean, I say this game's amazing right now. We'll play the first three Give episodes. <laughs> um, but and yeah. you know the developers are sitting there. They're more or less they they've probably been working on this for yeah. months, years, yeah. and just want to show people, but they know it's not fully ready. Plus, we also live in a day and age where movies and games and stuff like that are very heavily influenced by people. You oh know? yeah. Like, you know, oh yeah. Let take the friggin' Sonic movie for example. They changed the whole movie <laughs> because people it, fucking yeah. hated something about it. You know, so it's like it's good to get it out there and see what people think. Yeah. So that it's way so, you can give yeah. the best possible thing. Like, you know? Theoretically and like fundamentally, I love this because yeah. you get community feedback right away. Mm-hmm. You get to understand, okay, people really like this and they don't seem to like this. If, when it happens, like, it's such a nice luxury for the developer, not only because you're not putting, say they put uh, two years of work into this game. Yeah. Now they're putting out this early access and then they'll put in another two years until it's finished, right? Mm-hmm. So you're getting an idea of who's buying the game ahead of time and you're, you're like, okay, we're actually doing something that people really like. Like, yeah. that's nice. That's like affirming. You, you're, you're getting actual uh, relevant information about the, the sales of your game. It also is like, it, like so many things I like about it. It's just like there's something in me that sometimes is like, man, I just want to play the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like, Mm, like if this game came out in two years and was all 10, I would probably still love it, you know, yeah, yeah. but who knows? I mean, I, I love the idea. I love the fact that developers have that choice nowadays, yeah. uh, you know, for the ones that do. Um, but anyway, that was not for broadcast. It's a really, really, really cool thing. And, and it I, sounds like it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's it for what I've been playing. Um, I have a couple of quick news hits here. It's going to be a bit of a shorter episode, I think. Um, but the first one I have is the Wonderful 101 Remastered Kickstarter. Uh-huh. If you heard this. Yeah. So Wonderful 101 was the Wii U game from Platinum. A lot of people really like this game. 
uh, but it didn't sell well at all. Mm-hmm. Number one, it was on the Wii U, mm-hmm. which sold didn't abysmally say, yeah. <laughs> bad. Um, number two, I think it was just kind of a niche. I mean, action games in general are like a niche market. Yeah. So this one in particular, I think, was just a little on like the outskirts. It was a little weirder, more colorful than your typical action game. Um, But people really, really love it. So what they did was Platinum went to Kickstarter and said, hey, we're looking for $50,000 to make a Switch port of the Wonderful 101. And there's a couple things to unpack here. But let me first just say they've raised almost 1.5 million. Oh, that's what you're going to say, like 101,000. No. 1,486,000. Holy crap. So they, they blew their projections out of the water, obviously. Um, but I'll, I just want to read a little bit of Was what Platinum they, Vanquish? Yeah. Vanquish, Bayonetta. I remember seeing a little while back that they were talking about remastering. They did. Um, it's not out yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Vanquish and Bayonetta. Actually. Oh, they are getting it. They're remastering them in one package. All right. Vanquish and Bayonetta. Yeah. Yeah. For PS4 and Xbox coming oh, out in cool. February. I, I remember them saying something, but I was like, oh, I hope it's Vanquish. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't even see that, yep. the Vanquish Bayonetta one. I saw yep. the wonderful 101, though. Go ahead. So this one, the interesting thing here is, so their stretch goals, what they came out with, right. you know, on the Kickstarter, $50,000, you get a Switch port of this remaster. Obviously, two hundred, Yeah, 250000 you get a Steam version. Demolish that. Yeah. 500000 you get a PS4 version. Demolish that. $1 million, there's a time attack mode they're going to add. $1.5 million, they said there's going to be a thing called Luca's First Mission, a brand new 2D side-scrolling adventure starring a young hero. So they're not quite there, but they're going to get there. It's $1,486,000. A new character? Luca's First Mission. So it's, yeah. it's its own new game Okay. in this universe, I guess. And then at 1.75, they're doing a remix soundtrack. Um, the things we want to unpack here is, number one, $50,000 is not enough to make a game at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, I should have also mentioned it's coming out in April for Switch. <laughs> so, so that, that they, leads they me ma- to believe they yes, made this correct. and then maybe they needed yes. a few extra bucks to finish it. Exactly. <laughs> so I think it was, I mean... I don't hate that either. I just wish it was maybe uh, out there a little more. Like, it's yeah. clearly this was being made. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like... Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but they... The other part is the rest of the stuff that's coming, like the, I think the Steam version, the PS4, the Lucas First Mission, the Time Attack, everything like that, that's all coming late this year. It's not coming at the launch in April. Um, so it'll come to Switch in April... Um, and I mean, I'm just happy because I want more people to play the game that people like. Yeah. I actually want to play it because I didn't play it on Wii U. Yeah, neither. Um, so it's a cool thing overall. I'm not. I'm definitely not uh, poo-pooing it or, yeah. or saying anything bad about it. I just think it's kind of funny that they're like, "Hey, we need fifty thousand dollars, and yeah. we make a Switch port." Um, but I'm glad they got extra funding because Platinum is a studio that I that I love their work, and I feel like they don't sell as well as right they should sometimes. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, next on the list, I have Dan Hauser leaves Rockstar. Saw that. So Dan Hauser, two of them, right? Isn't the Hauser, Hauser brothers? brothers, yeah. Um, the other Hauser is staying. 
right. as of now. Uh, but the Hauser brothers, actually Dan Hauser in particular, is credited with a lot of the writing on the Rockstar games. And, you know, love them or hate them, uh, the writing is a major part of Rockstar games in general. Yeah. You know, I tend to say uh, maybe... I mean, I don't know his particular influence on the writing, you know, process, uh, but I, I personally do not find the, the writing particularly good in those games. So who knows if this is a good or a bad thing, <laughs> but um, it is notable. That's a big thing. Um, and especially for the fact that they continue to lose like core members of that team that have been around forever. Uh, Len, Leslie Benzis. Uh, a couple of years ago, actually, I think it might have been last year or the year before, left, and now Dan Hauser's leaving. Um, big deal for Rockstar for sure, and definitely something that we should note. Next, I have Rod Ferguson leaving Microsoft for Blizzard to work on Diablo 4. So Rod Ferguson was the head of Gears for a long time. Yeah. Um, and he similarly was... Um, responsible for a lot of the things that people love about gears obviously when somebody leaves the studio they already have what they have and you kind of have a framework for what gears is Mm -hmm. so i don't know how that would affect you know like a gears six in the future or whatever probably not very much if we're being honest but the interesting thing is rob ferguson's kind of noted as being like a like a closer, like coming in and getting the job done when it needs to get done. Um, and I, I know we talked about this before. A lot of people assume that Diablo 4 is like a ways off um, because it was just recently announced and, you know, whatever. And we got Immortal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they, I am kind of thinking that this game is like coming out late this year <laughs> like a lot closer than they think yeah huh? i really think so and i i have no basis for that i just have a feeling um but w- w- we'll see I, I think it's interesting rod ferguson going there and it's like hmm, hmm maybe he's trying to get this get the job done because you know they're a little behind schedule or whatever um but we shall see interesting yeah last one i have here is a very exciting one for me the game below by Capybara. Yeah, I I've heard you've heard <laughs> pretty pretty good game. Yeah, pretty pretty decent. Um, below is getting a free update this spring, alongside the release on PS4. So it's releasing on PS4. Okay, and it's coming with a new free update called Explore Mode. Okay, this is very very exciting. Because I'm going to read to you from a Rock, Paper, Shotgun article uh, by Natalie Clayton. Um, Explore removes hunger and thirst from the game. All instant kills have been likewise cold. All damage is now applied through bleeding, allowing more time to recover. Bonfires are now permanent checkpoints. Letting you treat the entire game as one long uninterrupted descent. That punishing old experience is still available under a new name and a different save file called Survive. So there will be Explore and Survive. The thing about this game, and I talked a lot about this game when it came out. Yeah. It is so good in so many ways. I love the style, love the atmosphere. The music's amazing. 
I love the way the game feels to play. It's scary. It's dangerous. Everything you're doing. But when you get down to like level 20 and 40 it, yeah. <laughs> and you die and you lose your lantern and now you don't, you have to get back to level 40 without a lantern. Yeah. It's, it, it was to the point where it's like, you have a game here that we should love. And it's like, it's just so it unnecessarily too frustrating. Too yeah. brutal at that point. Yeah. Like, it's exactly what I would have asked for is you save at a bonfire. So like bonfire, you don't find a bonfire everywhere. Yeah. But when you find one, that's like a safe haven. That is going to make the game so much better in my opinion. And it, it turns a game that I adore into a game that I can recommend and be like, you should play this because it's just a fantastic, mysterious, eerie, beautiful game. And and when you get to the end points of that game, like there's some really weird shit going on and yeah. it's really, really cool. And it's such a shame that probably 5% of the audience saw any of that. Uh, so I think this is an absolutely huge change for this game. And I really am excited to not only play it myself, but hopefully have you guys try it. And, I mean, and I remember playing it and loving it, but again, it was just too brutal. It was too brutal. I, I, couldn't, I definitely didn't see the ending. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. such a good game, and it, it was just I I was frustrated with it in the moment, being like I love this, like yeah. it's just you don't need this yeah. to be this brutal, <laughs> like you don't. Um, so that's that's really exciting. That's coming this spring, uh, alongside the launch on PS4. So that's awesome. Keep that's an awesome. eye out for that. Uh, and I think unless there's anything else, I don't believe so. I mean, I'm. It's early in the year. Early know? in the so year. It's early in the year. I think it's so funny that every single game I played this year is early access. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, that's a good start to January. It's an awesome start to January, but uh, you know, usually there's like a couple big games sprinkled yeah. here and there, and then well, we there's had a, nothing until we, March. We've had a bunch of pushbacks. So I know like, that's true, but but yeah, I, I mean, mean, Dreams is what I'm excited for. Dreams launches you know, February 14th with uh, its single player campaign and. And the final, final 1.0 version, yeah. yeah. Which is so. what? It's an extra 40 bucks, I think, right? Or I, I don't know. I believe, because what did we pay for early access? 20? I think it was 30. 30? Then yeah. I think they finished it, it up. It is a full 60? It's a full 60, I believe. And if you're early access, you just pay the You pay the difference? extra or whatever okay. difference. I yeah. don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked into I it. I think so. We'll see. No. Um, but yeah, by the time um, next episode comes out, we'll have do, you yeah. know jumped into that. So look forward to that. Uh, and I guess that's it for this episode. That's Thank you, it. Shelby, for being here. As always. Thank, Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Dan, we miss you, buddy. Get well. Um, and catch us on the next episode of the Circle Back Podcast. Until then, peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for watching and or listening. Just here to remind you that you can find us by searching for Circle Back Podcasts or Circle Back Gaming on any of these podcast services. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, or Stitcher. By God, I'm out of breath because of all these podcast services, but you can find us anywhere there. Also, you can find us, our video version, on YouTube by searching Circle Back Podcasts or Circle Back Gaming uh, and the rest of the videos we do. Thanks, guys.